Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Welcome back, everybody. Jimmy Ben TC. We continue to roll along here on the Big Talker 1700. All right, pal. Let's kind of uh, do some uh, insight. Let's start first with Iowa State. And okay. let's kind of get into the Cyclones just a little bit. Uh, let's start with the offense. And we know who the quarterback is going to be. It's going to be Jacob Park. And this is a guy who really showed flashes of brilliance. Uh, at the uh, last few games of the year. He had a couple of high-water marks, Trent, uh, in a couple of games, but we know what took place last year with the 3-9 and nine overall record. But near the end, it seemed like he really started to cement himself comfortably into that starting quarterback position. Yeah, after he, he really took over there, and it was his job in the back half of the year. Had a real nice performance against Kansas State. Threw for over 300 yards there against a good defensive team. That was impressive. Probably the the best game that you'd have to say that he put together against Texas Tech in that effort. That it, it was a little bit of everybody. You know how well they played in that 66 to 10 win uh, to cap things off. Uh, the last win of the regular season. Uh, a little bit sideways against West Virginia. Threw an interception. Didn't have a touchdown mm-hmm. pass. But even in that game, he still threw for 371 yards. I mean, he, he threw for a ridiculous number as they're trying to come back late in that game. Still up and down, but there's enough hope there. there. There's enough that you look at and say, this guy, with the rust that he was shaking off, with what he had went through starting his career at Georgia, to what he is now expectations continue to rise and now knowing that he's a starter there's no battle for the job anything like that what would be a base mark for you where where would you go into the season with your expectations is it say i don't know 2800 yards maybe 3000 yards is it 20 touchdowns a two to one touchdown to interception ratio give me the benchmark that you're looking at right now well, if you're going to have Iowa State winning six games, and for the sake of this argument, let's say they do, okay, I think I think he's going to have to be around three thousand and maybe thirty two hundred. Yeah, that, that's and kind of I where I am. I, yeah, I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think his touchdowns will have to be more than twenty. I think he's going to have to be around 25 Mm -hmm. because, as we all know in the Big 12, Trent, you're going to win games 38 to 35, 42 to 38. It's going to happen. And if if Iowa State's going to hit six, then I'm assuming that this offense is going to have to be ultra productive in a couple of big games, like, say, maybe Baylor, and it turns into a shootout. Uh, at Baylor, and all of a sudden he's called upon, and they're they're trailing with eight and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, and he's got to throw it almost every opportunity that he has, and he hits a couple of big plays, and they score. Defense gets a stop. They get the ball back, and he's got to do it again. I, I just have a feeling that if they're going to get to six, then Jacob Park is going to have to be over 3,000 yards and 22 to 25 touchdowns. So 12 regular season games. Let's say he averages 270 a game. 
That puts them at okay. 3,240 yards for the season. And I think mm-hmm. for them to get to that point, that's kind of where he is. So I think you bring up a real good point there. I'm in the same line of thinking for you. Uh, the backup spot, you got Kemp the walk on. You got Nolan, who uh, had a red shirt last year with the injury. Expectations, I think, pretty big for Nolan going forward. A lot of people have talked about him. I expect him to be the backup. If if there is an injury to Park, who do you expect to take it? Or are you going to go crazy here and say it's going to be Joel Lanning? I don't know if they'll go back to Joel Lanning. I think they would have to tear down the offense a little bit. Look, he's not, and we know this from what we've been told from people who have seen some of their practice sessions, he's concentrating on the linebacker spot. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean he can't go in and throw a short pass or something uh, in, in maybe some offensive scheme that they're going to put in. But I would not see them going back to Joel Lanning unless an injury to Park sidelines him for the whole season and Matt Campbell believes that he would be their best option that Kemp or Zeb Nolan can't not get the job done. Mm-hmm. And they've got to go back to a guy who at least produced for them on the offensive side of the football. He's a talented athlete. You and I both know that. But I would it would have to be a case where Kemp and Nolan are both ineffective and the coaching staff believes that's their only hope. Well, and and I think it'd also be something where they're sitting there going into that stretch, that final four games that we've talked about, and they're close to breaking through and say they're you know they're five and three and just need one more mm-hmm. win. Right. If the injury is long term, like you'd mentioned, and Nolan hasn't developed to the part uh, to the way that some people hope for yet, he's not ready for it, and. I think another caveat you have to put in there, maybe Joel Landing isn't a very good linebacker. I think that's also a piece that you have to look at. Okay. Then, then yeah. that transition is easy. If, if Joel Landing's over there and he's turning out to be an all-Big 12 linebacker, you're not moving him back. You're, if he's putting up those kind of numbers defensively, you just can't afford to do that. You can't take mm-hmm. the middle linebacker away from your defense to bring him over to offense if he is playing at that high of a level. That's another part that no, has to be I, I agree. Season. I agree. Yeah, if if he's performing at a high level at that position, there's no way that you can take him out. He's going to have to stay there because at that time he is the leader of your defense. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that Matt Campbell and his staff believe that he has those capabilities. Otherwise, they never would have made the switch. Yes. You know, I mean, he could have been he could have been playing like he did last year. They they could have run sort of like a two QB system once again. But they decided that he was, meaning Joel Lanning, a such a superb athlete that he could make that transition. And apparently when he did, he like blew away the coaching staff. So when we got the first depth chart, he's the freaking starter. I mean, that blew everybody away. So from that standpoint, uh, I agree. I think that it would have to be a dire straight situation uh, for Lanning then to return full-time to the quarterback spot. And I'm sure Cyclone fans are hoping, God, I hope we never have yeah, to go yeah, through that. Yeah. And, and and I get that. Right. I mean, you never want your you never want your best players to go. Well, you never want a player to go down, period. But that would that would be absolutely devastating, I think, uh, if they lost Park. I, I truly believe, and that would end their, their, their season uh, in a heartbeat. 
Next up, let's jump over to the running back spot, Jimmy B. And two guys that got very good experience in their freshman years, two different seasons that they did it. Mike Warren, who came back last year with big expectations, did not deliver on those expectations. And then David Montgomery, who uh, took that job and ran with it a year ago. So a uh, quick question here as it pertains to Mike Warren. Last year, 559 yards rushing, a 4.2 average, had three touchdowns. Uh, take a guess. What was Mike Warren's longest run of the year last year? How, how long was it? And I don't remember him breaking a big one, so I'm going to say 15 yards. It was 20. It was 20. Okay. That's not good. Okay. When, yeah. when you have a running back that runs it 134 times, you hope he's able to bust one a little bit longer than 20 yards. Yeah, I, I didn't. I never remembered. I never remembered him breaking off a big run. Uh, Montgomery had a run of 51 last year. Landing had that 41-yard yeah. touchdown against Oklahoma. Even Jacob Park had a 35-yard run last year, and Park not exactly known as fleet of foot. That's a concern there. Warren sticks around. I didn't think that was going to happen, but here he is now getting ready for his junior season. Plus, you have Kenny Nwangu out there. He's doing some good things as he works his way back from that ACL. We'll see how available he's going to be, and we're hearing some things for the youngsters coming in. Running back spot, they appear to be deep at Iowa State. They are deep at Iowa State, and that is something that uh, that has not really been the case uh, in recent uh, years. This is this is a team. The the potential is there, Trent. You and I have talked about it, and it's Matt Campbell's second year. They look more like a Big Twelve football team for the first time in maybe what four or five years at least, and. If that's the case and the offensive line can hold up, and we all know how important that is because they are not that deep in the offensive line. But if the offensive line can be somewhat successful and give Park some time to throw and open a couple of holes for either Montgomery or Warren, this team should have some success. Look, we talk about the wide receiver core all the time, led by Alan Lazard. And... I, I think a guy who's going to be really important in this offense, because Lazard's going to get double covered, I think Trevor Ryan has a chance to really have a huge breakout year. I really do. Speed guy, can find, he runs good routes, can find open holes if, if they're playing the zone defense against uh, Iowa State. I really think that this is a guy that has a chance to be very, very good this year on that offensive unit. See, and I, lo- I love Deshante Jones, the other guy that plays in the slot a lot like okay. Trevor Ryan does. He made so many big plays for them a year ago. Just a true freshman last season. I think the sky's the limit for him. You're going to see him doing a number of different things out there. I love his game. They put him in motion. They can give him the ball. You know, Coming from that slot position, they can run it with him. He makes big plays in the passing game. I love Deshante Jones. And, and, and I was hearing something the other day. Akeem Butler, that guy, a physical specimen, if he can figure it out. They got Murdoch still there, the Illinois transfer. Uh, there's a mm-hmm. ton of pieces there. Wide receiver, it's Al Nazar. That's where people start. But the depth there and, and just the skill positions in general. I can't remember Iowa State having this kind of depth at the skill positions, what it looks like on paper, but as you said, it's going to come down to you can have all the great skill position guys you want. You can have the best quarterback right. in the world. If you don't have an offensive line, you don't have much. I, I agree. That, I mean, that is going to be what their offense is going to be set upon this coming fall. 
can the offensive line, A, hold up under the pressure, B, give Park a chance to throw, C, open up a couple of holes once in a while for the running backs, and D, avoid injury. That's one thing they cannot do is because they are not deep there, and that is have injuries jump up and bite them on the offensive line. Now, you mentioned depth, and I I think there's a little bit more depth than you think there. Now, again, injuries are going to be a part of it, obviously. They don't have a ton of depth, but just a couple of the guys back behind a few starters I want to mention. First, behind Jake Campos at the left tackle position is Sean Foster. Remember a year ago, Mm -hmm. Foster, when he came in, highly regarded kid out of Illinois, had offers from the Big Ten, Big Ten territory. He makes the decision to go to Iowa State. Foster was a guy that they contemplating playing last year as a true freshman. Now with a year to right. ro- grow, build, I think he's got a chance to be a very good player going forward in the future. And, and look over at that guard spot. Uh, the back, the backup right guard, Josh Neffel, a, a kid that came in very late. He was at Iowa Western. Wasn't there because of grades. That's why he was able to come out after he got some scholarship offers. But, but this summer, all of a sudden, he started to blow up. And Iowa State called, and then Penn State called, and a bunch of big programs were calling for him. He said, well, the heck with it. Instead of playing my sophomore year at Iowa Western, I'm going to go and join a D1 program. That's a kid to keep an eye on. I loved what I saw out of Good Jones last year. I thought Meeker was very good at times. Two guys that are now Mm -hmm. redshirt sophomores. It's not a ton of depth. I'll I'll go with you there. They can't afford a lot, but I think there's enough where, at the very least, with what we saw Manning do last year with that offensive line, he took a couple of fifth-year seniors that hadn't played at all in their careers and developed into an adequate offensive line. With pieces now with a little bit more upside to him, I'm excited what he can do. It's got to be right away. they got to be ready to go. They have to figure out the combinations, moving pieces, and it does sound like there's a lot of that happening. you got to have a ready go against you and I, but I personally think there's a little bit more depth there than you might. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you think that. I'm always <laughs> concerned with with offensive linemen. You yes. know me. Mm-hmm. I mean that you gotta you gotta protect the the great skill players. Iowa State has some this year, and the offensive line will be key. All right, take me over then to the defense. Look, we've talked so much about Joel Lanning at, at middle linebacker, and going from starting quarterback to starting middle linebacker. It's it's still an amazing story to me, and he must be playing sensationally in practice because he's still there in that spot. Nobody has taken that spot from him so far. Right? No, you're you're exactly right. So let's start up front, and this is really the whole shebang. And Joel Lanning, you like the story more than I do. It's not because Joel isn't a great kid; because he is. It's nothing about that. I just think that there's so many more intriguing pieces that are happening here that are more important than what happens at middle linebacker and how Joel Lanning makes the transition. Because up front, if they don't get some answers up there, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because it could be Joel Lanning as the next Mike Singletary, but if he's got two blockers on him the whole time, it's not going to matter how good he is out there. So Mm -hmm. to me, the development up front, what they get out of the junior college kids, what they get out of Ray Lima, is he ready to go in the middle. He's a monster of a man. He's a mountain in there, over 300 pounds coming in. A Matt Leo, a cool story guy, you know, that comes over from across the pond. Here he is out there. Vernell Trent comes back. What they get up front as a whole, can they develop into just something adequate? Because a year ago, 
that wasn't the case. They were wore down, they were beat up, and I don't care who the linebackers are. If that front four isn't better this year, Iowa State, they're not getting to a bowl game without a big leap forward with the front four. I'm with you. I absolutely am. I told you, because it's the Big 12, if they're going to get to six, they're going to have to score 38 40 points in a, at a, in a couple of games because they will be involved in a couple of shootouts. The offensive is good enough to stay in those kind of games. The question will be, and you've made a good point of it already up front, is the defense at times stout enough to slow down the offensive of somebody else in the Big 12? That's the key right there. And you're right, they've got a lot of moving parts defensively. They've taken a shot on some players and it'll be, again, that defensive line. It's funny that it's so much involved with the lines, with the offensive line and the defensive line, that means so much for this particular school to have an opportunity to get to six games. They've got, they've got some players in the defensive backfield. They've got, you know, the Lanning story is, is, is a terrific story, but they've got other linebackers as well. But it all comes down to, and you're right, will that defensive line be able to hold up for 12 games in the Big 12 under all that pressure? Willie Harvey last year, 78 tackles to lead the way, had three sacks, also 7.5 yards for for loss. So that's a guy that you expect he's going to be able to take a next step forward. Remember, Cotton Moya last year, you know, he was banged up. Peavy, what they get out of him, does he take another step mm-hmm. forward? Uh, Everett Edwards, the kid that came in from Duke last year, didn't play a ton early on, but continued to develop. The pieces are building. I, I think they're growing over there on that side. I just don't know. I Can this team be even, I don't know, seventh in team defense in the Big 12? If that's the case, I give them a real shot because I think the offense is going to be that good. If they get to seventh in total defense, I'm feeling good about Iowa State this year. I would, too, if you were a Cyclone fan. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, what a major improvement that would be for this team. Justin Matt Campbell's second season as head coach. Look, this is they, – they've got players. We, we know that they have some players. And the defense is not as stacked as what the offensive is when we talk about skill players offensively. But there are some players on this defensive unit. And for them to be successful, yes, uh, to get to six, yeah, I think you're right. They're going to have to be right around seventh in in Big 12 play uh, overall defense. I, I think that's an excellent call on your part. Colin Downing back at the punter position. Solid, good, feeling good there at the punter spot. Over on the kicking side, though, that's where the uh, the question marks remain Garrett Owens comes in from Oregon State. Uh, not a great numbers when he was with the Beavers. Francis will be able to knock it into the end zone. You feel good there. But but as it mm-hmm. pertains to Owens, that's another guy after I, I think people took for granted just how good they had it at the kicker position the last couple of years. Oh, with Cole Netton being there, absolutely. I mean, he just uh, spoiled uh, everybody with his accuracy. Look, you never know. Kickers are goofy. I mean, we say that all the time. They stand at the end of the bench. Nobody goes and talks to them. They're they're just a different kind of cat. And, look, when you're in a situation and you're called upon to make a kick from 35 yards to either win or lose, you're the hero or the goat, uh, you got to be goofy because that will do you in. 
you miss a couple of those, you're not going to kick for anybody anymore. That's that's how that's how your job is when you get into major college football. Look, I I don't really know what we're going to get. You you basically said that Owens wasn't that great at Oregon State. Well, okay, it rains a lot out there. Maybe it's a slippery football. I don't know. But what I do know is is that Cyclone fans were spoiled with Cole Netton and the way that he produced while he was a Iowa State Cyclone. You're right. This this could be a a situation where they get into close games. You got to have your kicker come through for you, Trent. You know how important that is. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Last year, Netton, 16 of 17 on field goals, and uh, Francis, as mentioned last year, 35 touchbacks in 67 kickoffs that he had a year ago in the return game. Trevor Ryan's back there. We'll see. Do they use Alan Lazard a little bit? Do they use Deshante Jones a little bit more this year? And the biggest question is Kenny Nwangu. And we didn't even talk about him when we were talking about the running back spot. Excellent returner last year. Had one that came back for a touchdown. Did a good job. As he works his way back from that Achilles injury, though, and boy, if he can be back there, another dimension to add to this team. They got more options back there again in the return game, too. Yep, you're right. There are players that they can plug in back there. So if somebody's not doing well, they can go to somebody else. That's always a luxury to have in the kicking game so that you're just not relying on just one person all the time. Look, we know what Trevor Ryan is all about. Uh, he is speed personified, track star at UNI, then transfers to Iowa State and plays football. His football skills have advanced tremendously, and I really look for big things. As I said uh, in the previous comments when we were talking about offense, I think that with Lazard getting mostly double-covered a lot throughout this season, I think Trevor Ryan has a chance to really be a a, a budding star uh, for Iowa State offensively. And in the kicking return game, look, he's he's taken a few to the house. He knows how to get there. And if he breaks free, then you're not going to get him. He's, he's just that fast. Well, Jimmy B., that uh, finishes up a, a deeper look at the two-deep roster for Iowa State. Should we come back, do the Hawkeyes on the other side? Yeah, let's do that, pal. Yeah, let's have some fun then, and we'll uh, we'll jump on Iowa and uh, kind of do exactly the same thing as we continue right here. Jimmy B and TC, it's the Big Talker 1700. 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC. Noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700 KBGG. Are you sick of the same old tired lunches, leftovers, bad drive through options? Food Dudes Delivery has your answer. Food Dudes delivers for restaurants that don't offer delivery all across the Des Moines metro. Order online at fooddudesdelivery.com and get out of the lunch rut today with Food Dudes Delivery. Place your order for lunch today, dinner tonight, or your office tomorrow at fooddudesdelivery.com. That's fooddudesdelivery.com. Hey, it's Trent Condon here from Jimmy B and TC. If you've been talking and thinking about improving your health, I have an idea for you. Do what I did. Call New Leaf Wellness. My weight had been increasing, my endurance during workouts was waning, and I was just feeling sluggish. New Leaf Wellness put together a program to help me lose weight, improve my energy, and they can do the same for you. Call New Leaf Wellness today at 515-650-1358 to schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. That's 515 650 
1358 for New Leaf Wellness. And tell them TC sent you. American Topper and Accessories. Whether you work or play with your truck, they have everything you need for your lifestyle. Visit American Topper's new location at the fair, just south of the Varied Industries building. Like all of you out there, Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. He would flip-flop all night long, wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or feel like he needed a nap, even though he'd slept eight hours. When Mike invented My Pillow, he wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My Pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. Mike does all of his own manufacturing right here in the United States and offers a 10-year warranty. You could wash and dry my pillow and don't forget there is a 60-day money-back guarantee and here's their best offer ever for a limited time go to mypillow.com or call 800-951-4694 and use promo code des moines to take advantage of mike's four-pack special you'll get 50 percent off two my pillow premium pillows and two go anywhere pillows and free shipping Get ready, Chiefs Kingdom. The 2017 football season is right around the corner, and season tickets are on sale now. Join in on the action at Arrowhead Stadium, where your Kansas City Chiefs will play host to the Steelers, Eagles, Broncos, Raiders, and more. Preseason starts on August 11th against the 49ers, so hurry and get your tickets now. For more information or to purchase tickets, go to Chiefs.com or call 1-888-99-CHIEFS. That's 1-888-99-CHIEFS. A Wendy's Frosty is something special. And for a limited time, a Frosty is just 50 cents. An American classic for a classic price. It's not quite a milkshake, not quite an ice cream cone. It's definitely chocolate or vanilla. That choice is on you. Use a spoon or a french fry. Anything goes. A Frosty makes summer special. Yep, there's nothing quite like a Frosty. And there's nothing quite like this deal. A Frosty for 50 cents. Get yours before this deal melts away. Small Frosty only at participating Wendy's for a limited time. Offer not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. Staples knows that when your printer jams more than it prints, it's time. When your paper supply is in desperate need of resupply, it's time. When the only printer in your office that's not out of ink is three flights up, it's definitely time. And it's times like these when pros turn to Staples. Staples has great prices on everything you need to print. And now, buy one HP ink, get the second 30% off. Staples. It's pro time. N72217. See store or staples.com for details. Restrictions may apply. Villaggio Italian Restaurant brings real homemade Italian to you. Fantastic food, great service, and an elegant vibe that feels like home. All your favorites from the original in Norwalk and an expanded menu with the newest location on 100th Street in Urbandale. Plus, one of the best happy hours in the metro from 3 to 6 each weekday. When you're thinking Italian, make it Villaggio. Pizza, pasta, sandwiches, and more. Two locations, Sunset Drive in Norwalk and 100th Street in Urbandale. Villaggio Italian restaurant. Since 1993, Wolf Construction has been Des Moines' choice for residential and commercial roofing. From complete re-roofing to small leaks, call Wolf Construction at 225-8866 for your roofing needs. Call 225-8866 to set up your roofing consultation or online at wolfconstruction.net. That's wolfconstruction.net for Wolf Construction. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. wolfconstruction.net. Hey, it's Jimmy B. 
and TC for Draft House 50 on Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. Welcome back, everybody. We continue to roll along right here on the Big Talker 1700, Jim and Trent. And right now, let's get into a little deeper dive for the Iowa Hawkeyes as we uh, run through the depth chart here for the University of Iowa. Look, Trent, you and I are uh, in discussions a lot about how important that quarterback position is going to be. The battle between Stanley and Uyghurs, mm-hmm. and uh, you can... Kirk Ferentz can come out and say, oh, it's it's very competitive. It's a real battle where maybe it's not really a real battle and Stanley is the starter and Uyghurs is the backup. I, I mean, that's the way that I view it right now. No, I, I get where you're going there, and I can understand that. i got a crazy friend that had a theory, though, that kind of goes the other way. Is they, this wasn't crackhead, was it? Was no, it crackhead? No, it wasn't crackhead. Okay, I'm just che- okay, I'm just checking. No, no, this, you know, and the theory that he had went that Nathan Stanley has had every opportunity to win this job. He came in a year ago during August camp and won the backup job, and since then the opportunity has been then, and it would have been very simple after the spring game to announce that he was going to be the starter, and it would have been very simple as camp started up or even at media day on Saturday, to say that Nathan Stanley is the guy. And with all these opportunities, since Stanley hasn't taken it, he believes that Tyler Wiegers is going to get the first snaps. Now, it is all speculation, and there are theories certainly on both sides of the equation here. It's surprising to me that we're at this point here as we are a week into the month of August, and we still don't know what this is. I figured that Stanley would have this job. It has been a lot tighter than I thought. And going back to the spring, I thought Uyghurs looked better than Stanley did, at least Mm -hmm. as it pertained to game action that we saw just little bits and pieces of both over in West Des Moines and also in Iowa City. It's a head-scratcher. And the good news, I guess, is that Iowa has been able to deal with this in the past and be able, under Kirk Ferentz, to figure it out. Maybe it's not always pretty early on, but by the time they get four or five games into it, every time that they've been able to figure out. And it's not something that lingers all throughout the year and you have a team that falls apart because of quarterback controversy. That hasn't been the case. You have to give Kirk Ferentz credit for that. And 
The other thing is Ken O'Keefe has done a great job of getting quarterbacks ready, and now that's his job. Mm-hmm. He's a quarterback coach. He's not a coordinator right. anymore. He is strictly the quarterback coach. And starting from going back to Brad Banks, to Nathan Chandler, to Drew Tate, all the way through, young quarterbacks he's been able to get ready to play right away, and I guess that's the hope here at the, this position. Regardless if it's Stanley or Uyghurs, at least they can be adequate right away. I still don't see them throwing the football around much to begin with. I, I A game against Wyoming coming up, uh, it's going to be run it 45 to 50 times and maybe throw it five. That's that's kind of the if, if they control throw it more the, than five times. Five times. Five yeah, times. That's it. They'll throw it five times. Look, they you've got you've got a stud running back in Wadley. Mm-hmm. They just picked up James Butler and we've talked about him when he came from Nevada as a uh, senior transfer and can play immediately. So they've got two guys that probably they'll have on the field in some sets at the same time. And when you have those capabilities or just throwing a short pass, the pass goes three yards and you let the running back do the rest. I Look, I, I, I just don't see them, at least in the first game against Wyoming, opening up the arsenal unless they absolutely have to if they're in some sort of shootout with the Cowboys. And I don't see that taking place, Trent. I really don't. No, I, they're going to stretch that game out, and they're going to eat clock. That's going to happen. But five five passes, Jimmy B. Five passes. You heard me. <laughs> You've lost your ever-loving mind, Jimmy B. So quarterback is going to be a continued conversation piece. And I'm going to guess that we'll hear something, not game week, but that week before there at the end of August, we're going to hear something, you know, the week of the 21st through the 25th. All right, this is who the starter is going to be. It's going to be blah, and we'll go from there. In fact, the 25th, that uh, Friday before game week, is when they always release the first depth chart. I'm going to guess we'll hear something even before that depth chart comes out on the 25th, who the starter's going to be. It might just be a release. might be something simple. It might be a 10-minute press conference that happens. But I think we're going to find out who it is that week. Uh, I probably will agree with you on that. I, I, I mean, they can't, they can't I just keep going and going and going on this. You're right. They've got to name a guy and get him under center and get everybody uh, lined up beside him. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting for kids day though when when they show up that my guess is don't you think they'd probably let both QBs have close to the same number of snaps yeah it sounds like that's what they continue to do split the ones the backup quarterbacks in uh, both Ryan Boyle who's still around still trying to play quarterback yes. back yeah up. he is yeah and yeah. Uh, him alongside the freshman Peyton Mansell who's in there they're uh, taking the reps with the twos and threes so it looks like that's what they're going to continue to do. And the good news is, well, you mentioned it, Jimmy B. You have a running game that looks incredibly strong, an offensive line that looks incredibly strong as well, and the future looks very good. That is your hope, that you can rely on that running game and maybe not throw it five times a game, but maybe more along the lines of 15 <laughs> times a game. And it's going to be the power running attack in a, a little bit of dimension, a little bit of just some different kind of looks that they can throw out there with the new system and, and do some different things in that way. I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I hope that they do some different things. I hope that Kirk lets Brian experiment at least a little bit. 
and just doesn't pull the reins in so fast that they they just really go back to just being a power football team and and that's all they do. Look, you and I laugh about it all the time, but you pretty much say if, if they score 17 points and the defense holds the other team to 10 or 12, that's a perfect Kirk Ferentz game. Absolutely. And yeah, that's I mean that's that's where he is, but I'm hoping that they have tweaked this offense to make it a little more entertaining, and I hope that they produce points. And like I say, against Wyoming, they got a stud quarterback. We all know that. But they lost so much, Trent. They lost wide receivers. They lost running backs. They lost linemen. And I just think it's way too much to recreate the sort of season that they had last year with the talent that is on the field for them this season, with the exception of the QB. So, looking at the wide receiver spot, that that kind of goes hand-in-hand with the quarterback spot. Vandenberg, he's been dealing with the hamstring, but he's been out there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's listed as a starter on one side. On the other side, you have Nick Easley, Devontae Young, and then all the talk of the freshmen, and it's been a lot about Max Cooper, about Brandon Smith, all these different guys. All right, taking Vandenberg out of the equation, Jimmy B, taking him okay. out of there, what wide receiver finishes second and third? I'm going to give you give me two guys that finish second and third in receptions out of the wide receiver position. All right, I think I think Easley will be one. Okay. Let me, oh, man, I'm debating on, and not a tight end, but a wide receiver, right? Only wide receivers. We're not doing tight ends. No, no, All right, no, no. all right. Adrian Falconer? See, Falconer. Yeah. I'm just, I'm. Last year. Yeah. He was hurt. He finally was healthy. He plays in the Michigan game, comes up there after they score the touchdown they have the beautiful design play. As much as I ripped on Greg Davis, that play called not only to get the touchdown for Akron Wadley, but then the two-point play was drawn up as beautifully as you're going to find, and Adrian Falconer dropped it. And you go back to spring, and another play had up the sideline. Beautifully throwing ball, and he drops it. It's He looks the part. He's from Florida. It's like, oh, another Florida receiver. It's like C.J. Jones, you know, back in the day. He's not <laughs> C.J. Jones. He is not even close to C.J. Jones. I, I get it. I think it's hopeful. He looks apart. I'm going to guess it's going to be one of the freshmen. I, I think one of the freshmen are going to jump in there and be part of it. And is it going to be, you know, I've been hearing a lot the last All right, let me, let me, I, okay, let, let, let me just stop you right there. Would it be Quarles who is coming in on the transfer as a senior transfer? Well, he's still not even officially enrolled. I mean, he's, he's still not enrolled. So until that happens... Can't go down that road, right? I guess you're right. Yeah. Until that happens, you can't. Now, out of the freshmen, Brandon Smith, the big, huge, six foot three kid from, from yeah. down in Mississippi. Boy, does he look the part. Looking at those pictures that come out every day, Jimmy B, he looks like a football. I, I know this is going to be hyperbolic. Just go with me for a moment. He looks like T.O., a college version, an 18 year old version of Terrell Owens. That is how he is built. That's how he looks in the pads. He is a monster of a kid. But I've been hearing a lot lately, they're really liking Max Cooper. And you know why it kills mm-hmm. me? Is as everybody was uh, falling in love with Braden Smith, and I'm right there 
our buddy Wolfgang has been singing the praises of the little kid from up in Wisconsin, Max Cooper. And it sounds like at least the last few practices from uh, I talked to somebody over there yesterday really thinks that he's playing well and he's going to find himself in the mix. Interesting. Interesting if that is indeed the case. Look, you and I are both on the same page where we don't know what kind of play you're going to get out of the quarterback. Mm -hmm. And aside from Vandenberg and his foot that he has broken twice, if he goes down, then you're really flipping a coin. So if anybody can step up, including Cooper, uh, that would be helpful then to the University of Iowa and their wide receiving core. Offensive line-wise, good shape. What's the, uh, as you go through, this kind of popped into my head. A lot of depth there. Some of the young guys have looked really good. Uh, but at this point, Boone Myers, Keegan Render, James Daniels, Sean mm-hmm. Welsh, Ike Becker. Out of the starting five, Who's the most important one? Who's the one that they can't afford to lose throughout this season for a season-ending type of injury? Uh, I would probably say left tackle with Boone Myers. Hmm. Got to protect that. You got to protect that. You got to protect the quarterback's blind side. You do. You do. I would. You have to. I, if you if you struggle in that department. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts to show up on game film and teams see that. That's going to be a major attack point. Now you can, then you're, then you're forced to keep, keep a back in to chip block and try to, you know, make it, make it much more difficult to get who's ever playing quarterback, whether if it's Stanley or Uyghurs. But I think Boone Myers has got to be, at least for me on that left tackle, uh, spot. That in order in order to protect that that quarterback. See, this is why I disagree because I still, though Boone Myers has had to play left tackle, he's not a left tackle. He's a guard. He mm-hmm. just has to play out right. there because they don't have a guy that they feel confident about. But if Myers there, would there go you down, go. I'm a big believer in Alaric Jackson. I'm a big believer in a kid that's more than likely going to redshirt this year. Interest and worse, and, and I think they can move things around enough. What what would happen? If Myers would go out, I think you'd see Ike Becker move over to the left tackle spot. You'd see Sean Welsh kick out, and then you keep Render and Daniels there. Then uh, Levi Paulson would take over at the right guard spot. That's what they've done before when an injury has come up. So I think they would do that again. To me, the most important part, though, the, the guy that they can't afford to lose is James Daniels in the middle. Uh, the kid continues to develop, still just a, a true junior this year. He could come out, those centers aren't exactly a, uh, a prime draft position. That kid is so good, though, the way that he has dialed things in, the way that he understands that offensive line. Yeah, again, you, you have other pieces. They do some moving around. They would be fine. But to me, he's the most important piece. He's the one that they least can afford to lose out of that group of five. But uh, that's the thought process that nobody wants to think about. You just want those five guys healthy. But an offensive line, Jimmy B., that's rarely the case. No, you're right about that. Yep, guys get hurt, but damn, this is a good offensive line. Good run-blocking offensive line. It is It, it is a very good run-blocking offensive line, yes. And that's why I think Wyoming's in big trouble <laughs> uh, coming up in that opening day. Uh, despite the fact it, the line is still around 13, 13 and a half. And to be honest with you, right, right now, 
before we get closer to game day, and you and I will do our research and homework on the Wyoming Cowboys, but as I mentioned earlier, I think they've lost way too much. They struggled to stop good running teams even last year, and they lost some guys off that defense. So that's why I think, A, the offensive line is solid, and, B, you have two terrific running backs in Wadley and Butler. Well, and it's not just those two. I, I think the upside of Torrin Young, big physical kid, the red shirt yes. last year, I really like him. I, I liked a little bit we saw out of Toksak and Arbade, you know, this spring. Uh-huh. We saw a little bit of playing time last year as a true freshman. I think the incoming freshman looked very good. Running back, hey, it's a spot there's the, uh, you know, the joke about the angry Iowa running back hating God, but they have depth at that position. That is a very good thing. I think the running back spot, even after what they have with the top two with Butler and Wadley, is going to be in good shape. But we move there from the offensive side to the defensive side. And up front, as Iowa goes, goes the defense. Sounds like Parker Hesse's been lining up inside a little bit. They've been using mm-hmm. A.J. Epinesa in there a little bit too. But more than anything, you got Cedric Lattimore. People are excited about his upside. I still think he's probably a year away from being that guy that you can plug in the middle and play 600 snaps, you know, like we saw out of Jaleel Johnson, what we saw out of Darian Cooper. You know, guys like that, I think he's still a little bit away from that. But if Nathan Budget is actually healthy, that's going to go a long way in determining just how good they're going to be at defensive tackle. I agree with you on that. And, look, they've got to be reasonably decent so that Josie Jewell can just roam. And if he can roam from that middle linebacker spot, he's going to have a sensational season uh, as a senior. So I really kind of look forward to watching how that defensive line comes together and how well they can contain up front and let Josie Jewell do his thing. You know, another part here is if they're moving people around and doing some different things. Now, I was had years where they've had at least some semblance of depth. But as the season goes on, that depth, it doesn't dry up, but the coaches, they kind of get enamored with their four, five, sometimes six guys, and that's it. It sounds like depth-wise they feel like they're in good shape. And we saw last year, was they were able to use both the Nelsons, Matt Nelson and Anthony Nelson, along right. with Parker Hesse, keep rotating those guys. And then if you throw Epinesa into that mix and, and you throw – Brinks, who I've, I've heard has done some good things there. And you get a rotation also at defensive tackle. Keep those guys fresh. Keep them ready to go because I've seen this too many times where Iowa teams, that defensive line starts to wear down. Just go back to the Big Ten Championship game two years ago and how physically beat down that team was as Michigan State was making the 22-play drive. Building depth for games like that is going to be incredibly important. And if you do have seven, eight guys that you feel confident with, then play the seven or eight guys. I'm with you. Uh, Yeah, I mean, if those guys are there, put them on the field. Rotate them around. Give a guy a break every once in a while. Look, they take, I don't think people really understand the pounding that linemen take on every play, Trent. It's every play. You do not get a down off. It's not like a wide receiver where if your number's not called, you run the route, but really nothing is taking place where the linemen are getting smashed from different angles on every snap of the football. And I'm with you. If you have some depth there, you should indeed try to take advantage of it. So we mentioned linebacker Josie Jewell, Bo Bauer, Ben Neiman all back. 
You yep. got depth there. You got guys that have played. Jack Hockaday, he's played a couple of different positions out there. You feel good. Amadi Jones played last year as a true freshman. I thought he looked good. You're good in that spot. But you get to the defensive backfield, and that's where the question marks remain. You lose an All-American, a Thorpe Award winner in Desmond King. There is going to be some kind of step back. No matter how good Manny Ragumba looked last year, there's going to be a step back from what you got under Des King. I'm well aware that that probably should be the case. And my guess is that they probably won't be able to kind of recapture that until they play three or four games and figure out exactly what is going on in that defensive secondary. And that's one of the reasons why we talk about in game number one against Wyoming how being such a strong running team and you can shorten the game, keep the clock running, not let the offense of Wyoming get on the field, that's why they will most likely be successful. Uh, I've forgotten uh, the Wyoming quarterback. It's Josh uh, Allen. Uh, Allen. Josh Allen. Thank you. I was going to say Adams, and I knew that wasn't right. Josh Allen. Uh, this guy is is being picked right now to be a first-rounder. So he knows how to play. And once again, I think that Wyoming's young talent will be overmatched by Iowa's talent on the field, and that'll make the difference. But this secondary, and you're right about losing the type of player that you just described in Desmond King, and they could get lit up a little bit in the secondary. And if a guy's going to do it right from the get-go, it's going to be a guy like Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other part is, it goes hand-in-hand with what we talked about earlier. You know, if if they're getting pressure up front with the front four, then the back uh, four is going to look a lot better, and you don't have to worry quite as much for Agumba and Joshua Jackson. Hearing some good things about the freshmen also that have come in, uh, battling for some spots there at the cornerback position. That appears to be in good shape. And then you get to the safety spot, and after the injury to Brandon Snyder, it sounds like he's trying to get himself back and ready for Big Ten play against Penn State. Boy, that'd be a quick turnaround from an ACL tear, Jimmy B. That's that's awfully fast. I mean, look, I I know modern medicine and the way it is for ACLs, but man, that's quick. And I think you got to be a little careful when a guy tears up that ACL. Yeah, that, that seems awfully quick. But what we do know, Gervas looked pretty good. Look, uh, he looked mm-hmm. good at three interceptions. Is that a bad thing with the quarterbacks in the spring game? Blah, blah, blah. We've we've played this game already, Jimmy B. Yes, we have. You got it. You know, Miles Taylor back after losing his job, though he was injured, and that's when he first went out uh, in that game against Michigan, and Anthony Gare came in. He's back as a starter his senior year. The two backups, though, at both safety spots really intrigue me. Noah Clayberg, a kid that was a running back for a while. He's Remember, he's a gray shirt, so he's actually going to be a true freshman this year. He's already listed as the backup at the strong safety position. And then a kid that played last year as a true freshman, Amani Hooker. Boy, both Mm -hmm. of these kids, you watch them play, you look at their tape from high school, just excellent football players. I I don't know if if they look like your prototypical strong safety and free safety, respectively, with Clayberg and Hooker at Iowa. But, boy, they play incredibly good. I love both of these kids' tape, and I was big fans of them as recruits. I'm big fans of them right now as they sit there as, as number two safeties on the depth chart. Well, we'll see what's going to happen. And look, any time that you have to make some substitutions, then you get a chance to look at new personnel. 
in difficult situations sometimes. And from what we're going to get out of this Iowa defense is you hope that there is some pressure on the opposition's quarterback, and that will give the defensive secondary a better chance of coverage because if there's not any pressure and you got a guy like Josh Allen sitting back there in game one and nobody's laying a hand on him, Trent, or getting them uncomfortable with a rush, then he will indeed pick you apart. So this will be, I think, a little bit of the, the game one will be a little bit of a telltale sign uh, as to what that secondary, I think, w- is going to be throughout the rest of the year. Finally, Jimmy B, uh, finishing up here with a, a look at the special teams. Keith Duncan back for his sophomore year after hitting that big kick against Michigan last year. Racinos, who handled some of the longer kicks last year, he's back also. Rastetter, he'll be battling for the putting job along with Grisso, the uh, freshman coming in from Wisconsin. Uh, you know, it's kind of milk toast here. Nothing too exciting as it <laughs> pertains to special teams. But they're important at Iowa. They're very important at Iowa. They are, because when we've already talked about it, Ferret's offense, for the most part, they don't score a lot of points. And they don't like to go to the air that often. They're not an air raid sort of offensive system. And so if you're in a close ball game, and it's any team for that matter, you got to trot the field goal kicker out and have him either win it or lose it on uh, on, on a try. So... I, that's the one thing that is concerning about what Ferentz loves to do, and we talked about he loves winning 17-10, 17-12, something like that. But when you're in a tight game like that, you just give another opportunity for a major mistake. And if indeed I was driving... They're down at the 30-yard line, and they've got to line up for a long field goal in order to win. Yeah, we've seen it take place, but will we see it take place this season? That's the that's the important thing right there, Trent. Yeah, and, you know, Jim, you mentioned the way that Ferentz plays, and it drives some people nuts. It drives the mm-hmm. close games that you have, the tight ones that go the wrong way, and you lose to a North Dakota State. You lose to a Northwestern team that you feel you're a lot better than. And I understand that, but then there's also the other side, and the side that you're able to beat a Michigan team that certainly is a lot more talented than you are, and you're able to yep. beat them. So, you know, you have to you have to take the good with the bad, and there we have the facts of life, right? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. We just solved the world's problems right there. Take the good with the bad. That's it. That's uh, how it works. Well, uh, fun, uh, no doubt about it, fun conversation. Breaking down the two deeps, we did Iowa State just finish up the Hawkeyes there as well. A look at both sides of the two deeps as we get ready for football, Jimmy B. We're getting closer, my man. I can't wait, pal. That'll do it for the show today. Back at it tomorrow at noon here on the Big Talker 1700. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, Des Moines, I'm Dave Ramsey. Join me every Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. Courtesy of Mediacom Careers on 1700 KBGG. Ready? Okay. S-T-U-D-Y. Raise those yellow pencils high. Let's study. We've lowered prices on school supplies all season long to put some pep in your back-to-school prep. Right now, up and up 24-count yellow pencils are only $120, and five-star one-subject notebooks are only $279. Target's got everything you need to ready, set, go back to school. 
prices may vary. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 6464 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 6464. Guys, get to JCPenney and save big on select items throughout the store. Find great brands like Levi's 502 Regular Fit Jeans for $39.99. Or get 25% off select styles of Nike tees, shorts, shoes, and backpacks. Also, check out our great selection of men's big and tall sizes. And download the JCPenney app for even more savings. Hurry, sale ends Saturday. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. See store or jcp.com for details. Season refers to 8-9 to 8-12. We alarm our houses, and we alarm our cars. But when it comes to your personal information, it can be tough to know when something isn't right. That's where Discover Card can help. Now, we'll send you an alert if we find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And this service is free for card members. Just sign up online. It's our way of looking out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. Trust, quality, value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs, specialty roofing, and gutters. Wolf Construction has grown into a roofing machine that installs and re-roofs nearly 2 million square feet of roofing each year. Wolf Construction has been given the Super Service Award from Angie's List and is accredited with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today for your free estimate. Wolf Construction Roofing, 515-216-3643. That's 515-216-3643. And online, wolfconstruction.net. Kate here with Food Dudes Delivery. Are you tired of the same old delivery options? Food Dudes Delivery 